Hello, all Beard Inside listeners. Here's the audio from our newest YouTube episode. If you enjoyed this episode or the show in general, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, the brand new TrendingTopicsNetwork.com, or many other listening avenues for this podcast. We also kindly ask you rate, review, subscribe, and leave comments to wherever you're getting this wonderful sound. Please enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to All Beer Inside. We are finishing up our Syracuse series, and joining me is Rockney of Willow Rock Brewing Company. Yeah. Hi. Thank you very much for hosting us today. Really hey, thanks for coming this. down. Yeah, appreciate it. Brought me up some tasty looking beers here to try. Let's start with number one. Absolutely. Here. Yeah. So we're going to try Congress first. This is our classic American lager. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was actually the number one beer in Syracuse. It was brewed from 1892 to 1962. Wow. Uh, when the original brewery went out of business. We actually worked with our local historical association uh, to bring it back. So it's been fun. We've had it since 2018. Uh, we did a whole thing. We uh, we came out like horse and buggy down the main street in Syracuse. It was uh, it was great. So um, Love you it. know this is just your classic easy drinking entry beer. So awesome. hey, cheers. A toast. Dangerously malty for me. Yeah. So this, this is actually, something I'm. I would crush a bunch of these. Yeah. This features uh, New York State hops, New York State uh, barley as well. Uh, so this is just really a celebration of Syracuse. It's delicious. It's uh, it's that entry beer for. You know, you get uh, your hop heads and then somebody yeah. wants, hey, what's a, what's a beer beer? There you go. I'll be honest, as a beer drinker, a lager is where I'll judge your brewery. <laughs> and these are hard to nail. Yeah. You nailed it. Nice. Recipe from the 1800s, well, early 1900s. How'd you find that? So uh, they didn't have the exact recipe. They had um, sort of like a procedural list of things that they did. So we didn't really have anything to go on okay. uh, in that regard. So, you know... Uh, me and my, my partner Kevin, you know, we've studied beer and brewing for a long time. And, uh, you know, generally we understood what a beer from that time, you know, that pre-prohibition lager kind of thing. Um, and we wanted to sort of update that a little bit for uh, today's discerning palate. And uh, we'd actually did over a year of uh, test batching and all that. And here we are. Fantastic. Uh, as I say, gateway beer, like you get your macro drinker to me, drink this. It's so clean. It's nice. Like the malt bill is, is Damn near perfect, you know. Uh, that's that's the gateway beer for me. So, and and like I said, I will judge a brewery on if your lager's bad because that means you just have to mask everything with everything else. If this is good, then these are going to be good. So I'm looking forward to the rest during this interview today. Yeah, you can't have anything in a lager. No, exactly. Uh, so what's what's the beer story, Rockney? What what brought you to creating Willow Rock? Yeah. So uh, you know, long story short, uh, my partner and I, Kevin, we worked together in high school. We worked at an ice rink. I was a Zamboni mm-hmm. driver. And, uh, you know, I was a year older than him. I went off to college. I was like, well, I'll never see that guy again. So I'm outside, standing outside my dorm room in my sophomore year, and he walks by. And I'm like, oh, you know, hey, guy, how you doing? And uh, we ended up becoming roommates and drinking a lot of beer. Shocker. Um, I graduated. I moved to the South. I was like, all right, I'm done with cold. (laughs) Moved to Charlotte. And I come home for Christmas, you know, a little after Christmas one year. And, uh, you know, I go, is it my buddy, Kevin? And he's like, hey, 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 you got to try this. I made this. I go, what is it? He's like, beer. I was like, okay. So I pop it open and I drink it. It was awful. <laughs> so I go back home and, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm working the job I got there. And, I'm, and, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, that's kind of cool. He made his own beer. I like making stuff. So I found a local homebrew shop and I started, you know, falling into that obsession. And uh, this was probably 2000. 2009, somewhere around okay. there, and uh, and then you know they don't tell you about the south. It's always sunny there. Mm-hmm. That's not fun. So I wanted to come back. We moved back home, 
And uh, Kevin and I started brewing in earnest. It was uh, you know one weekend at his house, one weekend at my house, and away we went. You know we uh, we ended up getting serious about it. We flew out to Colorado. We purchased a three barrel system at that time, and uh, Kevin went to the Siebel Institute of Brewing Technology, and I started writing business plans. Woo um, and away we went. You know uh, it took us uh, surprisingly to me. I thought the easy thing would be finding a building, but it actually took us a little over three years. Yeah. Um, but uh, the building we're in right now is the building we started in. Uh, we didn't do anything in this building. It was perfect. Um, just took me a really long time to find. You know, don't touch the electrical stuff and <laughs> don't don't touch this. And yeah, stay you know, in this area, it's, uh, everything. But it's gone through various levels of industrial box. Yeah. Uh, but I think at the point that it is now, it is the uh, <laughs> the most aesthetically pleasing. When you found this place, you're like, I see this is where it is. This is where it has to be. Well, it was funny. So you know, I, I uh, like I said, we looked for three years. Mm -hmm. I, I think I looked at every building in Syracuse. So I, uh, I was looking, my real estate agent calls me up and he says, hey, I got the perfect building for you. It was one road over, a little tiny road right over here. And uh, we look at it, it's terrible. Like, it doesn't have the floor drain, it doesn't have anything we need. Yeah. So I called my dad, I'm like, Pops, man, I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't have the money to build my own building. I've looked at every building in Syracuse. I'm over here on Ball Circle. I, I don't know, and my dad just goes, oh, I know the perfect building, go one street over. <laughs> I'm like, dad, I asked you four years ago. So the front of our building has one of those like little really tiny like uh, school classroom windows, yeah. you know what I mean? And so I literally came over, peeked my, my face in the little window and said, it's perfect. I, I don't, and the way it went. Yeah, so I guess the real estate agent wasn't thinking about this. As, to be fair, it wasn't on the market. Oh, so, you know, okay. it's uh, okay. the, the guy that owned it wasn't using it for anything, but he was, uh, he was a little too lazy to put it on the market. Yeah. So. So, uh, you know, I, lo I love to go, every brewery is a little different everywhere, I find, you know. Yeah. I was uh, in Queens back in November 2019, it's like, I'm in what feels like some guy's basement drinking a beer, now I'm in a big brewery, and now I'm in what looks like a greenhouse. It's, the uniqueness of every brewery is so awesome, I find. It is, you know, so I, I started drinking you know, that, that kind of early 2000s was my entry to craft beer, and yeah, at that point, you know, like every brewery was close, yeah. you know what I mean, there wasn't anything, and now... You don't know where to, like, you pull into a neighborhood, like, where am I? Oh, it's this house. Cool. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, and then you still have the giant, these, you know, palaces to beer and, uh, it, you know, and everything in between. It's a lot of fun. I, I do find that's a lot more unique to America than it is uh, versus Quebec where we live is uh, your local neighborhood brewery could feel like your local neighborhood kind of pub. Yeah. And it's, it's not as frequent where we live because the local neighborhood bar has kind of disappeared in Canada. Or they still exist in the states. I was in Cleveland, uh, you know, a few years ago, and it's this looks like a guy's house. <laughs> Cleveland's kind of cheating. I mean, like that's you know, if if you're looking for neighborhood bars in America, like Cleveland might be the capital of it. Yeah. So like you may have you may have a, a bit of a uh, overwhelmed opinion on that one, but it, I think you're right. You know, yeah. the neighborhood bar. You know, even here in Syracuse, you know, I've lived here not all of my life, but most of it. You know, you see it fade away. Yeah. And I I think where we've watched breweries pick up that slack are places where, you know, municipalities and governments and states have been amenable to letting it happen. You know, we, we were real lucky in New York. We've had a lot of great laws, including our farm brewery law, not to get too boring here, uh, but it, it has just proliferated the growth of breweries and it's really, really helpful if you can have something on your, you know, behind you like yeah. that. I mean, I see it alone, you know, last time I was in Syracuse was probably about 10 years ago, and it was just a stop through. Because <laughs> we're like, oh, we got drunk at football. Yeah. We had a designated driver. We're going to stop at Syracuse to sober up before we go back to Montreal the next day. Yeah. I wasn't as big into craft beer 10 years ago as I am now, but it's like, 
oh my God, there's so many craft breweries in Syracuse. Yeah, probably two at that so, point. Yeah, now there's yeah. I, we're up to 22 in the county. It's That's amazing. It's, it's great. I and love it. It sounds like the city of Syracuse, the most, I'm assuming most government people are, are backing you guys because they see it as tax revenue. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah, New, yeah. York, New York's been a great state for the growth. We have a great, um, the, the Brewers Association for the state's phenomenal ally to all breweries in the state. So we've been really lucky. Yeah. We really have. I mean, we're coming off the New York Craft Brewers Festival and, and we're speaking with Andrew. <laughs> well, there you go. Talk, yeah. We're speaking with Andrew from Talking Cursive, and he's like, no, like, these guys know. They want us all to succeed. Yeah. There's no question about it. And there's a lot of breweries from Catskills to the Finger Lakes to pretty much it felt like mostly anything I could hit within an hour and a half, two hours, was at that festival. And that was over 50 breweries. Yeah. That's wild. It's great. And yeah, there's over 400 now in New York. Yeah. It's nuts. It's, I, I know I have the New York State app, and that's what helped me discover you guys was, was that. Yeah. How do you find that is? Is that app and Untapped and things like that? Beer geeks like myself discovering you guys out of what do you mean you're from Montreal? What do you mean you're from Toronto? Like <laughs> we never expected you guys to walk into our brewery. Yeah, so I, that was something that you know in, in the first few years that we were open just always was amazing to me because you know back in the day we had paper maps. You know, like you're, you're like, oh, yep. there's a, is that's a new dot on the map? I think. <laughs> oh, so I have a funny story about that um, down in Cortland. Uh, Cortland Brewery was opening, but they weren't opening yet. So we were down in that region for something. I don't remember what, but we're driving back, and I, I got my map. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm the I'm the passenger in the car, so I'm looking at the map. Like, is there any breweries we can go to? And uh, Cortland Brewery. I'm like, oh my god, we're we're coming up on Cortland. Let's let's go check it out. So I call the phone number, and a guy picks up. Hello. I'm like, oh, uh, uh, hi. Is this Cortland Brewing Company? He's like, no. This is my cell phone. Okay. Well, thanks. Have a good. Hey, wait. Where'd you get this number? Uh, I got it in the Brewing News or yeah. something like that. And he's like, "Oh, uh, well, we're not open yet." And I was like, "Oh, okay. Have a good night." So whatever, no big deal. So we drive into Cortland. We're like, "Let's at least find a place to get a beer." So we're driving down this side street, and I just kind of turn over and I look, and there is definitely a brewery right there, and I see it. I'm like, "Stop the car!" There's a brewery right there. <laughs> yeah. So we get out and we walk in. And sure enough, it's a brewery. There's a big garage door open. There's a bunch of shiny tanks. Life is good. So I walk in the door, and, the, you know, there's seven or eight people around chilling, having a beer. I'm like, we, we did it. We found it. And I walk in, and I'm like, hey. And the guy goes, did you call me on my cell phone? <laughs> and I was like, I, I did. Sorry. <laughs> um, I thought you weren't open. Like, yeah. And he's like, we're not. I was actually crashing his like family pre-opening, but he was great. Uh, he had it, let us come in. We yeah. tried some beers. Great guy. Um, great beer. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, that was that was my funny. I have a, a beer map. How did you guys pivot during the pandemic? Yeah, it was crazy. Um, and I, you know, I'm sure this is a story common to every brewery out there. Um, but you know, it's scary. You know, you, you basically were a tap room and a brewery. Yeah. We do a little bit of distro, but. Even that was shut down. So there were, there were, we basically went from, okay, we have a revenue stream to we don't have a revenue stream. And, uh, you know, that's what keeps a business going. So uh, we were lucky. We had actually, we had wrapped up a expansion at the end of 2018. And in mid-2019, we had commissioned a new canning line. Uh, so we were actually able to pivot to like a full on, everything goes in cans. Yeah. I'll deliver it to your house. I don't care. So yeah, we were out in our cars driving around every day, uh, just doing our best to move whatever beer we could to keep the lights on. Yeah. Uh, we were lucky enough, uh, you know, we furloughed our staff for a little while, not actually really even all that long, but we had them in here packing beers, packing orders, 
and we didn't have to let anyone go. So we got really lucky uh, in that regard. And, you know, that's a testament to the huge support we got from Syracuse and the surrounding areas and all of our big fans. Because, you know, it was a scary time. It was yeah. a, but it was a good time for a beer. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, how do you, how do you bridge the, I can't go get a beer, but I want a beer. And, you know, us and all the other breweries around, we were out there hustling and driving around and, and making it happen, which is, uh, you know, it was great. It was a pleasure to do uh, for the people that supported us. And thank goodness it's over. I mean, if there's anything to do when the pandemic was at its highest was just drink at home. So yeah. if I could get the beer I already enjoy at home, even delivered to me or, I, you know, where, where I live, it was just pick up only, but it was pull up, pop my trunk, show my QR code yep. delivery. Yeah, we had a lot and, of that too. You know, um, and, and I'm constantly like, you know, my mother doesn't drink craft beer, but I do. So mom, go buy a gift card Yeah, or go buy me a t-shirt, even though I have a thousand beer t-shirts. You know, buy me something. Buy me something from that brewery to keep those guys open because I want guys like you to succeed yeah. and, and be successful. And I know your your margins are probably razor thin, especially sh during uh, the pa prime pandemic, but it's nice that a lot of you guys survived. And yeah, I'm very and that was it. That. You know, our, our pivot to can, we understood that uh, our margins were, were going to go bottoms up. And, and you know, we, we lost a lot of money during it. We had a lot of plans. We were actually about to finish an expansion. Or not, I'm sorry, to expand... To a second location mm -hmm. at the time but uh, you know we had heard about this weird disease happening over yeah. on the other side of the world so we were like well wait a minute um and good thing we did but uh you know all the everything we had sort of socked away to try to um you know make that dream a reality went to just staying open so yeah, yeah. um it kind of just you know hit the reset on the the five-year plan but uh you know it was that huge support from syracuse that uh, really got us yeah. through all right, uh, so let's enjoy another beer here. Sure. So this is Mr. Zero. It is our uh, flagship hazy, 6.2%. It uses Citra and Apollo, which I think is a combo. Not a lot of people use Apollo. Obviously, everyone's heard of Citra. Mm -hmm. um, but I, it is just a wonderful combo to me. You get that huge citrus nose, but the Apollo comes in, and it's a little bit more dank um, and just really balances it super nicely. Yeah. As we do. Mm. I toast. Oh, yummy. Yummy, yummy, yummy. So it's just lush and full mm -hmm. and flavorsome. It's funny, you mentioned Apollo and Lush, and we were lucky enough to interview Frost Beer Works in Vermont. Yeah. And a brewery in the Muskokas in uh, Ontario yeah. called Catalyst, and their dog, their brewery dog is named Apollo. Ah, that's so great. <laughs> it's like that yeah. kind of, you mentioned like, I mean, you know, we're 160 something episodes in now, eventually everything's gonna come together, so. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, so oh, this- super light, nice crossbow. Uh, Five-ish percent? Six-two. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Sneaky. Yeah. Sneaky. That's that, that'll sneak up on you. Yeah. That's um, I'm not a big like. I do enjoy hop bombs, but I don't. But this is not even close to like a hop bomb. It's infinitely sessionable, and that, you know we wanted. Oh, you see a lot of the a lot of the New Englands, especially you know get up there to that eight eight and a half nine percent, and I'm like, all right, <laughs> I want to dial it back from there. And you know I, I have my roots, like I said, in that sort of early two thousands craft beer scene. And, you know, that was like the IBU wars, like, how bitter can it be? And, uh, uh, you know, thankfully that kind of went away. But I think before that, we, we saw a lot of sort of nuanced East Coast IPA. You know, it was, you know, really before Hetty Topper was even a thing. And, uh, you know, I retained some of that. And, uh, you know, all the West Coast IPA offerings were amazing. You know, that was, you know, you got your hands on a... You know, an Avery IPA or something, yeah. that was the end of the world. Yeah. Um, but uh, my goal when we first opened was to sort of create an IPA that was a marriage of that. And whereas that beer has sort of gone away to time, 
um, it, it sort of split off in two ways, and Mr. Zero was one direction, and our flagship West Coast was the other. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, this has been a, a beer. It was going to be a one-off. You know, it was one of those yeah. things like, you know, I'll make it. It's fun. It's great. And then People everyone's are like, just crushing it. <laughs> yeah, which normally, you know, normally you don't do that because it's like, you know, yes, you love it and I love it. Who's going to drink the other yeah. two thousand pints? Um, but this is one of the ones that that proved, uh, you know, to have a, a great level of support, and you know, we've had it ever since. I mean, I find this whole kind of, let's say, from Grand Rapids to the Maritimes of Canada, and, and then you're cutting around to Maine and all these states is we're we're spoiled for beer. Really There's so are. much, so much good beer. I mean, just in this area alone, you know, we've spoken with you, we spoke with uh, Barrett Acorn, we spoke with Talk Cursive, we were hanging out at Middle Ages. It's just, there's good beer everywhere you, almost everywhere you go. So, you know, maybe a small little desert town in Nevada, you're not going to find a crazy beer, but you go to Vegas and their crap beers are yeah. just exploding. You know, so. it, I remember it used to be like, all right, I'm taking a trip. Let's see if there's a brewery somewhere on the path. And like, now it's like, all right, I'm taking a trip. How many breweries do I have time to stop at? Because yeah. you're gonna, it doesn't matter where you're going, you're gonna hit one. So I, I, a quick funny story about that is I was in vacation, or on vacation with my in-laws and my wife and kid, we were in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, which is kind of middle of nowhere, it's a small town, gorgeous that scenery. The, um, that's an Amish town, isn't it? Or it's near an Amish town? Uh, almost all of Pennsylvania's near one, yeah, so I'm just okay. gonna say yes. <laughs> um, Anyway, so I'm there, and there's actually not, a, there used to be a brewery in Jim Thorpe, it's not open anymore. So I'm like, you know, I, I've, I've, I've done the family thing, I would like a brewery. And uh, so I Google on my phone, all right, where's the closest brewery? There's one like 25, 30 minutes down the road in Tamaqua, Pennsylvania. So I'm like, cool, I'm going to hop in my car and go, they open it, I don't know, it was like 4 o'clock or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I hop in my car and I go and I drive the, the half hour or whatever. And I pull in, it's like a little tiny strip mall, little tiny place, I walk in, the guy's super nice. Got a little three barrel stout system, so we start talking over that. I'm sitting there trying some beers, and in walks like an honest to God coal miner, like covered in coal soot, everything, you know, like he had goggles on, so that's the only thing that's skin colored anymore. And like, and, you know, and he sits down, and we're like, we are just, you know, loving this beer together, you know. So coming to find out right behind the place is like the, the go home road from yeah. the coal mine. So, like, you know, what a cool experience, but like, yeah, 10 years ago, this place didn't have a brewery. Like, let's yeah. be real. Um, but it was great. Yeah, so that was my, uh, my coal miner. And he wasn't the only, a bunch of them came in, and, you know, we all talked about uh, all the beers and stuff. It was a good time. Yeah, no, it's, to me, anybody can enjoy craft beer. There's no question about it. And, oh, yeah. You know, I've said time and time again, and I know I sound like a broken record, support local businesses. Yeah. Except when maybe your TV or your PlayStation, but, no, support local businesses. So. Yeah, and I'm sure Here's you guys everywhere. do too when it comes to your malts and your hops and your wheats and all your ingredients. You probably try and get as much New York local as you can. Yeah, New York has weathered um, a few storms when it comes to you know hops and, and malt availability, but it's in a really good place, mm -hmm. and the quality is constantly improving. Uh, and, and yeah, there's there's times where we uh, absolutely prefer the New York product versus you know the the German, the English, the whatever product. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, we celebrate that because that is local. And that's, that's really a lot of what the, uh, the legislation around the New York State uh, Farm Brewery was built around, was yeah. you know, building the agricultural base to build the retail base. And it's worked. Plus with the agriculture, I'm sure you got farmers coming in, picking up your spent grain. Absolutely. Yeah, it goes to a local pig farmer. So, yeah. yeah. So it, it's all that, that great local circle that 
people are only starting to realize, unfortunately, because of what happened two, almost three years ago, is that people are like finally trying to shift and myself, you know, major what's in your backyard. Years, so you, know? you I mean, should have always been doing that. Yeah. So it's the same thing, you know, speaking with meteries, it's, oh, we're getting a lot of bee loss. I'm like, oh, that's not good on a worldwide scale, let no. alone for you guys who need honey and, you know, just honey makers in general, just losing all that. It's, it's not good. We got to, we got to shift that and we got we need to start supporting more local and we got to yeah. be a little more uh, agricultural active. I have collapse is a serious concern. Yeah. It really is. It's, it's scary. That and the theft of bees. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real thing. Yeah. Now, it's, it was funny because, like, I, the company I worked for, we were downtown Montreal, and I saw, like, the rooftop bee guy at, like, this huge event space. I'm like, we need more of those. Yeah. Where is that? Yeah. So yeah. when there was a, a business that used to be across the way, it was a tile and flooring company. It's actually the, the people that own this building. So the and, Mosaic uh, Terra. Correct. Terrazzo okay. and yeah. Uh, Mosaic Company. Yeah, so yeah. they're not around anymore, but uh, one of their guys was a beekeeper. So uh, we have a, a pretty deep property, and in the way back, there's like a little lush, grassy mm -hmm. area. He had four bee uh, hives back there. So it, what's amazing to me, and uh, they're not there anymore, but you could still go back there, and it, there are more random stuff just growing back there, lush and vibrant, you know, just because he kept bees back yeah. there. Um, but yeah, you know, how many local beekeepers do you, do you know? And, uh, you know, this is a pretty good area for it. I think I know too. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Now, like this kind of like, I would say like, you know, roughly around Syracuse, Albany, when you follow the line, Syracuse, Albany and above, it's great beekeeping territory when you think about it. I mean, the winters kind of suck, <laughs> but that's for all of us. Everybody's got to take a nap, man. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> you know, we got we to gotta turn things around if we want to keep the spine going. You know, I, I have a niece and nephew. I personally don't have any kids. You have a child. I'm sure you would like to be a grandparent at some point and like your grandchild to have a planet to live on. So, a planet would be good. Yeah. yeah. Ideally. Yeah. We don't want to run off to Mars or whatever, Kepler 18 or whatever, you know, so many... No, like, man, nobody knows what the Barley's like there. I'm yeah. out. <laughs> uh, so we mentioned vacations before. I'm sure you're very busy. Yeah, like, incredibly so where... Do you know? Let's say, let's say two weeks. What, have you talked to other brewers before? Yeah. Yeah, let's say there's a miracle of... Uh, we, I actually got laughed in my face when I said, well, if time opens up. Um, <laughs> two weeks magically opens up, you could take a two-week vacation, you're co-partner Kevin, he's like, no, 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 I got it. Dude, yeah. go away. You can take that beercation you've ever taken. Where are you going? I'm, I'm awash in, in the, just the thought of it because, you know, as a brewer of seven years now, I'm like, could that ever even be a possibility? <laughs> um, but, you know, I have always wanted to um, go through Belgium and Flanders. Uh, some of the, you know, when I lived in Buffalo when I really, really got heavy into craft beer. And there was a Belgian bar uh, that unfortunately isn't there anymore mm. called the Blue Monk. And they were getting Belgian beer that you couldn't get anywhere else. And it was, you know, I had my first Husas. You know, I had wonderful Trappist beers. You know, I just had things and flavors that I didn't know could exist in beer. And I think we all, regardless of what we're doing, but even in beer, I think we all try to sort of chase those fond and warm memories of our past and I would love to be able to do that there and that would be my beer vacation. I'm sure you find in the stores here too yeah, as I do in Quebec it's like the Fontaines that come in once a year it's like oh yeah I'm buying that you know and, yeah. and you mentioned the Belgians and I always joke around that I look like a monk why I'm not drinking like a monk yeah so and yeah the Trappistel there's not many abbeys in the U.S. either from what I understand anymore I think there's one in 
Oh, there's none left. No, it just closed. So, yeah, the one, that's that's unfortunate. I don't think there's any in Canada either. It's where, why is that style? I know the IPA is the big boy for craft beer right now, but real craft beer drinkers, in my opinion, should be trying everything. Yeah, absolutely. So. And you know, yeah, it was, it was a heartache to see the, the last two Saint Saint Archer. Am I getting that right? I'm probably getting that Saint Arnaud. Something, yeah, so, a, some, yeah, something, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know what? And, and look, maybe, maybe I'm part of the problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it, it, it's hard to watch that go because that was such a huge part of that early craft beer movement, especially in America. You know, showcasing all these flavors that we could have, and and yeah, it, you know, I don't think that time has moved by because time couldn't possibly move by great beer. Yeah, but yeah, I bet Chimay doesn't smell as much here anymore either. Yeah, so, or Unibrew. Yeah, From that's Canada. true. So, yeah, because yeah. I mean, even like our our old school kind of Belgian maker there, Cheval Blanc, they got bought by Unibrew, but we still have Cheval Blanc downtown Montreal. I think they're like number two of the craft brewers license in Quebec. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember a, a bottle of Le Forem was one of like my first ever. Yeah. Whoa, beers. Yeah, that was one of mine too, because you know you have macro friend drinkers who are like, oh no, this beer mud's it. You know, it's nine percent. It's going to be gross, right. and I drink it. I'm like, it's amazing. Yeah, all my friends are stupid. <laughs> so, I mean, I shouldn't have said that, but like, my palate just, you know, it's okay. They know. So, yeah. yeah. And now, thankfully, most of those guys are drinking craft beer. There's right. very, you know, I predominantly hang out with craft beer drinkers. It's it's hard to avoid. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're everywhere. It's it's so simple to do because it's like let's get together. Let's. Oh, yo! I got this crazy fourteen percent barley wine. Oh, I got a seventeen percent stout, whatever. Like, so there's there's no question. Um, I got this crazy six yeah. percent sour right now. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about this. So this is a strawberry peach sour, uh, kettle sour. That nose. Uh, yeah, just explodes with aroma. This is not um, like a smoothie beer by any stretch of the imagination. Um, if it's chunky, I don't. I ain't doing that. Yeah. I understand that people love that. That's not a game I play. Um, but it is just a phenomenal, oh heavily fruited sour. Awesome. Toast. Uh, you said this is a sour? Mm hmm It does not taste like a sour. It tastes like delicious juice. <laughs> so it's a kettle sour. So it's um, it finishes at about wow. uh, 3.5 pH. So it's realistically, with all that fruit added in, it's more tart than it is actually a sour. But yeah, they blend together great finishes with that nice sort of soft, weedy body. Mm -hmm. um, it's, a, it's a series we've had around for a while. Uh, we, we generally fruit it differently from time to time, um, but we found that the strawberry-peach combo is one of the best, so we come back to that pretty regularly. So you mentioned your partner, Kevin, yeah. went to the Sabell Institute in Chicago. Yep. Have you ever thought, because you started home brewing, but you're also brewing. Have you ever thought about doing the schooling or just like, no, I'm good. Kevin's got the technical yeah. stuff. I'm no, I'm a book nerd. Okay. So uh, I have read De Klerk. I've read everything. Just absolutely any book that has been written on brewing, I've probably read it. Um, and there are some uh, bad books out there. Yeah. And there are some great books out there. Um, but what has struck me uh, is in the last about five or six years, there is incredible incredible high-level research being done in barley and hops and these scientists love to share their work yeah you know i i don't i couldn't tell you i've probably shot a dozen emails to scientists like hey share share your paper yeah you know because you know you're at the 
science article website that wants you to pay a million dollars, but no, just email, just email them directly. They love sharing their work. And some of the stuff that they're doing is, it's all the stuff that we wish we could do. Yeah. I wish I had a mass spec. I wish I had, you know, time to learn how to hell to use a mass spec. Um, but I don't. So, uh, but they do. And, and that's their, you know, their passion is finding out these really intricate, uh, you know, one, one uh, scientist, I forget, I forget her name and I feel really bad. Um, she's Belgian. Um, and, and she's been working on uh, thiol and hop interaction uh, through different yeast strains. It's super fun. Like, this is great. This is what the cutting edge of beer mm -hmm. is is finding and learning about. And here is all of her science to back it up. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, there's so much out there that, you know, it's like anything else. You know, if you wanted to be a doctor, like, yes, you could read every doctory anatomy book. I don't know, not a doctor. Really. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, there, there isn't a substitution for clinical studies and clinical trials and yeah. being in the OR or whatever doctors do. So like, that's what I liken it to now. Like we're really coming to the point where beer has been so accepted and widespread now that there's, there's actual scientific research going into it. And that's good. To me, there's still gotta be a, a more of a shift of, of when a consumer side, there's gotta be more of a shift towards local craft. Personally, the growth is slowly happening, but to me, it should be bigger. So it should be, I don't even, what is it, 13, 14% of beer drinkers are craft beer drinkers? It's, yeah. It's not a high number and it should be a lot higher. No, it, so. and look, it, it, it should be. But that 13 or 14% uh, represents multiple, multiple billions of dollars. Yeah. And I think when you look at that, when you look at the fact, you know, the county we're in, Onondaga County, supports 22 breweries, that's at least 22 households that are supported by local craft beer. Yeah. And there isn't a substitution yeah. for that. that. That is consumer gratitude at its best. And do we have a long way we could go? Absolutely. You know, there's still a Budweiser factory 15 miles <laughs> yeah. down the road. But I, I think that the growth of craft beer isn't done. I don't think it's ever going to stop growing because Hopefully. there's more and more and more ways to interpret, you know, it, I always say that beer is science and art. Um, and, you know, there's no, there's no permutation that hasn't, you know, that, that, that exists twice. Yeah. So, you know, outside of me making my beer, you could, you know, I could give you all the ingredients and recipes and all the, you know, whatever, all the, could be there with you and it yeah. would come out a different beer. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there is nothing that is ever going to be repeated. So, uh, you know, beer is meant to be enjoyed in this moment and we'll continue to enjoy that moment until the end of time. I mean, that's, that's my opinion on craft beverages in general, craft yeah. adult beverages in general. And, and now, you know, there's guys like yourselves, I, I don't know if you're doing it, but craft sodas as well. It's, mm -hmm. you know, let's bring a, uh, a guy who wants to bring his kid in and dad wants to drink a beer, but the kid wants to drink something that looks like a beer. Oh, here's the soda I make in my shop. And so there's always opportunity for you to, to grow and like what's next is, oh, we'll start doing craft sodas. Uh, the seltzer train too. People are making craft seltzers as well. It's there's always the, that room for growth for you guys. I feel without, I I hate to say it, but I tried the white claws and I'm like, it tastes like chemical. Yeah, yeah. So we um, I don't make craft sodas, but we do yeah. make our own seltzer line, and that was it. You know, we wanted you know when 20 people come in the door. Yeah. You know, there might be 10 hardcore craft beer drinkers, five whatevers, and a couple people that are like, you know, I want a seltzer or a wine or whatever. 
And, and you know, at Willow Rock, we've always wanted to just be a place everyone can be comfortable. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter who you are or what you like or whatever. And so we make seltzers yeah. and, you know, we have wine and yeah. we have all this stuff so that we can, you know, really be available to anybody that comes in our door. And, you know, I found when I was trying all these seltzers, all these big names and all, you know, all, every, all the ones everyone knows about. They weren't very good. No. Like, I just, you know, I didn't, I, I drank them and I was like, you know, sure, it says mango on the can. I guess my mouth tastes like mango. But I didn't like any of that. Like, I didn't enjoy any of that. And, and so much of craft beer and craft beverages is, you know, it should be fun. Mm -hmm. You yep. should be sitting down and enjoying yourself. Oh, and if yeah. you're not, you need something else. So that's what drove me. And, you know, we were a little late to the seltzer game, you know, whatever. So we were, we were like six months late to the giant seltzer boom. I didn't really care about that. Would it have been great to be out earlier, I guess. But I think my product's good. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll sit down in the summer and I'll actually have one. You know what I mean? So, like, I, that, yeah. that says it all to me. Is, <laughs> is that, like, there are times when I prefer one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what drove me to make a seltzer. And, it, you know, I think it makes you look, you know, look at the craft NA movement right now. Mm -hmm. NA beer has been like the wicked afterthought of macro producers for yeah. forever now, you know. But now you're starting to get, you know, some big, you know, athletic partake, some really big investment in the in the craft NA scene, and some of them are approaching okay. Yeah. You know, we're going to go to a place where there's probably a decent NA alternative. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, we we got a friend. He was he was brewing at at one of one of the Montreal, local Montreal's and. He's shifting to his own company where he's making craft sodas and craft NAs. And wow. I know from just drinking his beers, I'm pretty sure I'm going to drink his craft non-alcoholics. And I loved his craft cream soda. So yeah. I know it's, it's there. And it's the way I see it is, yeah, I'm sending a little more, but I'm enjoying myself. I'm not drinking, you know, yellow number 12 that causes cancer. No, I'm, I'm drinking right. like an actual good real sugar, real raw sugar, not, not some, some crap that's mass produced. But once again, mass produced for certain things has to happen realistically. Yeah. And that's so. it. You know, we, we all get to choose what we imbibe. And at the end of the day, we make that decision yeah. with our dollars. Oh, yeah. And if, if you're willing to support local and willing to support the person that's, you know, trying to, to make a unique product in the face of Coca-Cola or Budweiser, <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So that's important. And that's, that's what celebrates local, your community, or, you know, anywhere else you go. You know, like, if you're taking a trip somewhere, support there. Yeah. Don't, don't just buy a six-pack of Bud or whatever. Don't buy a six-pack of Coke. See what right. you can find. Yeah. Willow Rock's a pretty unique name. Where's the, where's, where's the brewery name came from? Why is it called Willow Rock and not anything else? Yeah, sure. So Willow Rock, uh, <laughs> it was actually like an 11th-hour shift. So... Uh, for a long time, Kevin and I, we were going to open Half in the Bag Brewery. But like I said, you know, this was, this was a process that took a while. Yeah. You know, I wrote, I wrote our first business plan in 2008, uh, and, and we opened in 2015. So, you know, in those seven years, kind of that, that joke may have lost some of its luster. You know, do you really want to open a place called Half in the Bag? Uh, yeah. What is that promoting? Um, uh, alcoholism right so yeah <laughs> so we uh you know we got to the point where we're like all right i don't think that can be the name anymore so uh it was a lot of beers and a lot of you know his last name is williams and i'm rockney 
So okay. it was like sort of a bad mashup of our names. Um, but yeah, that, that's where it came from. You know, it evokes that sort of natural nature thing, which is cool. So okay. yeah, Willow Rock. What's this last beer we're having? So our last beer today, this is a fun little beer. Uh, this, yeah, there you go. Um, it is called Peanut Butter Chocolate Milkshake. Uh, we come up with this semi-annually, maybe once or twice a year. It's the only dessert stout we make, um, but it is filled with, there's a local chocolatier called Nostalgia Chocolate. And I'm a bit of a chocolate snob, okay? Um, and he makes and roasts some of the best chocolate around. And I, my, showcasing it in this beer is an absolute privilege. And yes, as I can tell, you just, it's explosive. Yeah. And it's chocolate and peanut butter aroma. Um, and then, you know, it's layered on this nice uh, sweet dessert stout. It's just, it's so good. Oh, the this nose is actually, is this is actually on nitro. A toast. So, you know, this is where I would be having the bag because I'd be drinking these all the time. Yeah, so the only, the only issue with this is that it's 9%. So, yep, half in the bag. Yep, <laughs> so, yes, there you go. Wow. Holy. But it's great. That moly, chocolate just lingers and yeah. lingers on your palate. You get some of that peanut butter, yeah, but it's not it's, overwhelming. I'm getting, like, chocolate on the sides and peanut butter, like, right in the middle, like, around, I guess, I think it's called the umami area. Like, that's, yeah. it's hitting my palate in every of the right places. And it's a big chocolate wow. peanut butter hug. Yeah. For your tongue. This is, Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Also, uh, names like Mr. Zero and, and the other names you have for your beers, is that kind of you and Kevin get together, throw darts with borers, or <laughs> some sort of planning out of, of how you name your beers? You know, uh, I have to say that all of that has been mostly Kevin. Okay. A lot of our beers are references to things I don't understand. So, like, I'll, I'll, I'll make the beer, and he'll be like, here's a cool Simpsons episode I saw. Oh, okay, <laughs> sure. Um, I don't think anything we have here in the little lineup up front uh, does that you know we have breakout that's our blonde ale that has you can see it's got a little hockey rink yeah. on it so that you know like a breakout pass getting out of the zone um <clears throat> gym is kind of our riff on like everybody knows a gym um but it's gym comma brown ale okay jim brown okay yeah maybe if you that works there's, there's i think there's some people out yeah. in the world named jim brown yeah um, that may have some sort of local affiliation i'm not sure i don't want to <laughs> i don't really want to dig too deep yeah. into that but yeah jim, nothing about football or anything in the jim area, comma so. brown yeah. lacrosse good player yeah. yeah um and then uh brunch that's our uh you know breakfast coffee style we use locally roasted coffee all that uh we actually use locally tapped and boiled uh syrup as well so we'll have to try one of those see if it lives up to that Canadian maple syrup. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I'm, I'm a bit of a maple snob, and now, like, the last two years in where I live in Quebec, the uh, Cabana Sick or the Sugar Shacks were kind of shut down, so now things are reopened again. Yeah. I'm going to be eating bad food for a full day, and hopefully Good. going to a local brewery or a vineyard or a cinery. So what's your just, preference? Light, dark? What do you... So I, I know the, the U.S. has a weird grading system. So yeah. like, what do you, so, how do you, how so do you like your syrup? Uh, so our, our syrup is lighter and, and a little thinner. Uh, we actually have a friend who lives in Cleveland, who's okay. a fellow podcaster. And he said, uh, sorry, American Vermont maple syrup, Canada wins. And I'm like, thank you. Ah, we win. <laughs> so I actually agree. But I think New York makes better maple syrup than Vermont. Oh, cool. Actually, the majority of maple syrup in the Northeast yeah. is from New York. Okay, so we'll, yeah. uh, we'll have to get them yeah, back so next you got, time. got to come back down during New York State Fair time. Yeah. We do a whole, there, I mean, maple's a thing here, man. Yeah. I, believe me, 
We do a whole maple thing. There's probably 120 different entrants to find the best New York State maple syrup. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I was in Syracuse a decade ago, and a decade ago, I'm like, I'm never coming back here. And, well, welcome uh, back. Because of this week uh, of us doing fun stuff, uh, I'll be back in the Syracuse area. There's no question about it. Good. You guys have really... I, maybe it's because I was in the, the, I guess, ghetto of Syracuse at the time, but uh, I mean, yesterday at Landmark with the beer festival and just all the food and, and all the everything else. And I don't even think Destiny USA existed last time I was here. Like, you know, the mall is gigantic. It's yeah. like Syracuse is like, no, 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 we're tired of being crapped on by the rest of New York. Let's step our stuff up. You know, you, you see that in a lot of Rust Belt cities now. You know, you, you talked about Cleveland. Yeah. You know, they, they've been going through a resurgence. Buffalo, yeah. Syracuse, Rochester. Um, you know, you've seen a return to investment in, in small city, small community. And it, it started to pay dividends. Yeah. Uh, probably starting that 10, 15, 20 years ago, depending on where you are. And, uh, yeah, it's been great to watch. Yeah. You know, I lived in Buffalo for a while. Uh, wonderful city. And, you know, it, it's probably 10 years ahead of the curve at Syracuse. Um, but I see all of these cities in uh, New York really just coming to the forefront of community-centric uh, local support. Yeah, to me, it's feeling like, hey, you don't have to go to New York City to experience New York. You have to come nope. to our... I think Syracuse has some of the best food I've ever had. Yeah. Some of our restaurants, man. Yeah. Mm. We, uh, we got to experience the Barney Stone, so... Oh, Ooh. oh! So you had the best cheap burger in town, man. Oh, Heck awesome! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was feeling very. Every time I've taken a new uh, a trip in the U.S., I've come back a little heavier than I should so, <laughs> to Canada. Hey, well, dude, that's America, man. Yeah, come on. Yeah, you know, true. you know the memes. Let's, yeah. let's be real. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, clearly, you've collabed with a lot of people. Uh, if there's any you'd love to shout out, who do you who do you love collabing with when it comes to collabs? I won't lie. Two. We've done two city-wide collaborations and they've been my absolute favorite so okay. like we're talking like 14 breweries everybody gets Ow. in here it's absolute insanity uh but it's so much fun you know uh, our goal has always been all of syracuse all, all the beer all of it needs to to sort of you know rising tide raises all boats um and we've done a couple of collaborations like that that have been so much fun um but yeah, I just it, it, it's utterly amazing to me that we, we all came together and did those things. And we had breweries and planning that are now open. And, and just, it, it was a wonderful experience. If you could collab with anybody in the future, I'm talking about anybody, who would it be? I really think of it more like, uh, you know, who are the people that I idolize in beer? Mm -hmm. So like, uh, I would love to just sit down and talk with Scott Janish, uh, Mitch Steele, the Salerzos, um, just, you know, the people that I sort of grew up thinking, like, these people do amazing things. So, like, uh, you know, Russian River, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Mitch Steele, when he was at Stone, and he has his own brewery now. I forget the, the name of it. Um, but, uh, and then, you know, Scott Vanish was just a home brewer like me when I was just a little home brewer. And now he's one of the forefront of, you know, sort of uh, you know, cutting-edge beer stuff of today. And, uh, yeah, I would, just, I would just love to, like, sit down and geek out with these people. It's hearing about stuff like Russian River, it's like... Oh yeah, you literally have to line up for days to get Pliny, right? And I still haven't tried it, and I've had friends who've tried it. You know, they've tried stuff from Russian River and yeah. some of those uh, California breweries or um, Oregon areas or breweries from places in you know Vermont or Maine that I've never hit, and I'm just like, you lucky bastards! Like, yeah. You know, I personally can't. It's very difficult for me to see myself in 
California, the state of California, for some reason, that's not beer. So if I have to go, it's got to be sending in that two, three hour lineup just to get a bottle of Pliny to ship back to Canada. Well, <laughs> so. I mean, so the, the line's only Pliny the Younger. Yeah. So you can have Pliny the Elder. Yeah. Uh, I, I took a, a brief trip to California for my wife's 40th birthday uh, a couple years ago, and uh, it was stunning. We were driving from San Francisco to Yosemite, and we stopped at, you know, this, I think I want to say it was maybe outside of Modesto. It was this little town, um, but they had like one beer location yeah but it was like a grocery store and a tap house so i've yeah. never so whatever laws are in california this place was dope you yeah. could get like a sandwich and stuff to go and a pint so like i'm shopping i kid you not i'm walking around the store with a pint of pliny the elder and i'm like picking yeah. out like you know ooh, these takis look good yeah. like dude it was amazing <laughs> so uh and you know like the beers that I grew up like this is an unattainable unicorn we're just there yeah like here's a port brewing wipeout here it's great you already mentioned your opening second location I guess that's really what's next for Willow Rock it is what's next for Willow yeah. Rock so you know we hope to have our second location open oh boy probably February March April May June July sometime in 2023 yeah I'm leaving myself a wide window there yeah. uh, just give yourself from now until it's summer. <laughs> Anytime. Yeah. So, yeah, sometime in the future, you'll be able to come. Uh, we're doing like a sports pub concept. Uh, we're going to have all of our great beers, uh, real accessible place for teaming up with uh, some of the best local pizza. It's going to be a good time. I look forward to the future of Willow Rock. Come down. Yeah. Uh, I'll be back personally. Uh, good. Probably not for the show, but. Uh, I talk you know. too long. I'm done. Yeah, I'm no, a one and done. Yeah. Um, for those who are looking for Willow Rock's beers and, and everything, where can people find you? Yeah, so obviously here, um, you know, always the best place, uh, I think, is, you, is when you can come to the place that makes the beer, go to the place that can make the beer. Yep. Uh, but we're lucky enough to be all around Syracuse, uh, branching out bottle shop. It's a premier uh, beer store in town. You can also go down to Green Hills or a local independent grocer. Uh, then we have Wegmans as well. They're the, the really big mm -hmm. grocery chain uh, in the area. Spiras is a local independent butcher on the north side. Uh, you can go there as well. Um, and then all the better beer places around town, all the bars and stuff. So, And for the physical location, what's your address? We are 115 Game Road because we like to play games and have fun. Amazing. And uh, website, social media? WillowRockBrew.com, at WillowRockBrew. Thank you. Once again, thank you very much for today. Really hey, appreciate thank it. Thank you. Anybody who's willing to take time into their schedule to speak with us about beer, we can never thank enough. Because if it weren't for guys like you, we wouldn't exist anymore. So, cool. Well, hey, come drink yeah. some, and let's see if he's right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as for us, allbeerinside.com is the website. Add all beer inside on all social media. And as I said at the end of all episodes, drink craft, not crap.